This is Chris Crossing the Universe, released on January 20th, 2013. Four tips on company culture from an outsider. Hello and welcome to another episode of Chris Crossing the Universe. I'm of course Chris and today I thought I'd talk about uh, company culture and how it really affects every aspect of a business. Um, whether it's customer service or or employee happiness or anything, really it all comes back to your company's culture. There are uh, quite a few books out about uh, company culture, a few of which <clears throat> excuse me, that I've read, um, but, you know, they all end up kind of talking about the same thing, that if, you're, if your company is divided, you know, if, if let's say, you have, you have uh, uh, one department taking care of marketing, and the other department is taking care of accounting, and they're, they never talk to each other, and they're completely separate, how it's actually bad for, for your company, because, the marketing people don't know what's going on with the accounting side, and the accounting people don't know what's going on with the marketing side, and you know it just it, it, it goes on down the down the chain that way, where no one knows what's going on with the other side. The right hand doesn't know what the left hand is doing, and to create really a, a successful company, the whole company has to know what's going on with each other, so they can plan and make better decisions that way. After all, you wouldn't make or, or plan for this huge marketing blitz if you, do, you, you knew that your company wasn't doing so hot financially and maybe didn't necessarily have the resources to pay for that huge marketing blitz. Vice versa, you know, the accounting people may be able to look at the finances and say, okay, you know, we can give X amount of dollars to marketing and because they're planning this huge marketing blitz and you know maybe operations doesn't need as much money this this quarter uh because of x y and z going on so really that's that's the first big thing that i've i've learned so far is that if each aspect of the company does is not on the same page it creates chaos and i've worked for companies that that do that you know where they just say okay everything's separate everything is its own little thing and no it doesn't really matter if anything talks to each other because why they're they're a separate division they have nothing to do with the other divisions and really you know it, it goes deeper than just operational things you know it's not just well, I don't know how much money we're making as a company this year, so let's just plan this big marketing blitz and see what happens. It goes deeper than that. I mean, it, it, it really goes down into the personal interactions with other employees, too, that I've, I've, I've noticed, anyways. it's it, it creates more of a divisive culture, then, because, you know, you're working in your department, and you don't necessarily know people from other departments because you don't work with them on a regular basis. You don't have the opportunity to talk to them or you know, to, uh, to really get to know them unless you work with them. You know, so it just kind of creates this whole almost clicky culture where 
oh, we're all accounting people, so we all hang out with each other, we all do our own little accounting things, and, you know, then you got the marketing people who are all off in their own little offices, and then you've got the executives off in their own little offices, and then you've got, you know, so-and-so off in their little office, and it really divides up a company when, in reality, you're all working for the same company, you all have the same end goal, ultimately, which is to make the company successful, and to to just divide up a company so deeply it just does not work your employees will pick up on that and they kind of project that onto their interactions the next the next thing that i really thought about when it comes to company culture and how it really affects everything is a uh, is a uh, customer service focus um you know, you don't have to be facing the general public to have a customer service focus. And really, if it, if customer service is not a priority in your company, it's not going to be a, a priority for your employees that deal with your customers. Or if your customer is the general public, it's not going to be a priority for the customer for the people that deal with the general public. I've worked for plenty of companies where it's not a priority and they really hogtie their employees that face the general public or you know their customers and and really restrict what they can do and it makes it harder for the employee to do what is right for the customer and it just it ends up angering the customer more than it should and makes the employee feel less useful Let's take an example here of a department store that I had worked for for a brief while. And let's just say a customer, I was checking a customer out, ringing up their purchases, and they said, oh, the price tag that's on the shelf says this price, but it's ringing up at a different price. And so then obviously, you know, it was, it was our policy to change it to the shelf price. And so I would be able to do that, but in order to complete that portion of the transaction, for me to be able to completely change the price, I had to call for a manager, and they had to come over and approve that change And before, before I could continue with the transaction. I could not bring up other things. I couldn't do anything else. I was hogtied into waiting for a manager to come over and say, oh, yeah, yeah, that's okay. What that told me was that that company really does not trust their employees. And then I've also I've also worked for other companies whose main focus is on the customers, and they really give you the power to do whatever you can to make that customer happy. Whether it is you know changing the price at the register and you don't need approval or you know if it's giving away free free product to make them happy you know which in reality doesn't cost the company that much in the long run um you know it's it's really interesting because i've worked for companies that really put a huge focus on the customer and really realize that without the customers they're not going to get business and they're not going to be able to stay in business long. Um, and so it's really interesting to me to see now where these two companies have gone 
in the time that I've worked for them. The one is a very in very poor shape, and it's only getting worse. The that's the department store, and uh, the company I just mentioned was is actually a gas station uh, uh, where I where I live, and it's a pretty prominent gas station where I live, and they're constantly growing, constantly. There's they're adding new locations all the time, um, and so it really shows you how a company's focus can really affect the bottom line. If you're not focused on the customers, the customers are going to be able to know that. They they can they can sense it. I mean, it's it's amazing to me how many companies treat customers like they are the dumbest people on earth. It it, it constantly amazes me. So, that being said, your customers are going to know if if you don't trust them or if you're treating them like they're complete idiots and you know customers are going to respond to that me personally I like to shop at places that respect me and my time um, a good example is you know uh, a couple months ago um, I was at uh, Starbucks and uh, uh, the the barista had forgotten about my uh, water that I asked for. You know, I ordered my usual coffee and, and a glass of water. And I got my glass of, I had gotten my cup of coffee, no problem. But they had completely forgotten about my water. And instead of just giving me my water, which I would have been happy with, I just wanted my water. They gave me my glass of water, but then they also gave me a coupon for a free drink for the next time I come in. Did they have to do that? Of course not. They they could have just given me a glass of water and I would have been perfectly happy. Then again, I'm also a loyal Starbucks customer. I don't really want to drink any other coffee because I prefer Starbucks. And so I would have still gone to Starbucks no matter what. But it's that extra step that they took to acknowledge that they made a mistake and to make up for that mistake by giving me a, a free drink of my choice and not limiting me as uh, to to what the compensation was you know i for all they know i could have gotten like a five dollar drink and you know it would have cost them five dollars for to keep me as a customer in reality i only got like i think my drinks like usually 385 i think it is now for for my skinny hazelnut latte that i love um and so really it only cost them 385 in reality probably cost them a lot less because uh, there's always markup on everything in business but uh you know it just it, it really creates a, a good culture uh that the customers can see too where you can see it's a customer-centric culture and and the customers feel like they're cared about and that they're welcomed another good example of a customer-centric culture within a company was uh, just recently at Walgreens, actually. I had stopped in there to get some, some cough medicine uh, for me. I've had this persistent cough that's just not going away, and so the only thing that really helps is is a very specific brand of cough medicine. You know, and I, I could have gone elsewhere, but Walgreens is right on my way home, so I just pulled in there and, and got it, and they have actually a, a nice Walgreens brand that I prefer and 
it's cheaper. But anyways, getting off topic. So I'd also picked up some uh, treats for my dog. And I, I noticed that the bigger size, they were out of the bigger size bag. And so, you know, I was like, okay, whatever. You know, maybe they're just having issues or they ran out or something. Didn't really think anything of it. So I bought the smaller size bag of treats and uh, got up to the cash register. And the cashier started checking, you know, ringing out my purchases. She scans the bag of small treats and she says, oh, that's weird. And calls her manager. She's like, yeah, this this bag of treats is coming up saying that it's been recalled. Um, is that... What, what do I do? And so the manager, manager says, yeah, those have been recalled. We can't sell those. And she's like, oh, I'm sorry. These I guess these have been recalled. I didn't know that our registers could do that. And so, essentially, Walgreens was protecting not only... I mean, you know, there are pharmacies, so obviously their main kind of goal is to protect the customer but they in this case are also protecting my dog from a product that's been recalled and I obviously didn't know about it or else I wouldn't have bought those treats in, in that regard you know it, it's a very customer customer centric uh, culture where they're looking out for the customer and not just for their bottom line you know, and there's there's a ton of examples out there. I'd encourage you to go to a website known as The Consumerist. It's at, I think it's uh, consumerist.com. And they're actually owned by uh, Consumer Reports. Um, but they post a lot of great stories, good and bad, uh, with customer experiences. Um, you know, whether it's... It's uh, crazy target pricing, you know, or substitutions, um, or or outstanding customer service uh, stories. It's a it's a great website to to really see what companies are at their top at the top of their game when it comes to customer focus and customer having a customer centric culture, and what companies are really at the bottom of of the pile when it comes to treating the customer well um so that's number two is uh number two is is uh treating the customer well um and treating the customer really as they should be treated the final thing is is uh really just kind of making making sense of it all and making your employees feel valued now, this really ties into the other two well, and it's essentially the overarching principle behind the first two. You know, the first one being um, connecting departments within your company. Second one being focusing on the customer. The third one is, is making your employees feel, feel valued. Um, you know, if your employees don't feel like a valued member of the team, <clears throat> they're not going to treat your customers well. You know, and, and, and they're going to close up and they're going to just work in their own department and get the job, you know, do what they have to do, oftentimes do the bare minimum and not go above and beyond because they don't feel valued and <clears throat> they're not going to work with another, another department to get things done. So really, it, it, it's all connected when you really look at it, but you know, if your employees don't feel valued, 
you're going to suffer. And, you know, maybe part of it's just who you hire. I mean, I think that's that's also a big part, is making sure that they fit within your culture, too. Um, you know, because you don't want someone that's outgoing that's not really in a in a outgoing position. I mean, you know, there's... I think it's important to make sure that you hire the right people that would fit in your culture. Obviously, you don't want someone that's going to be... that has... A, a lack of focus on, on the customer and focuses more on the company for a customer-focused position, um, you know, because obviously that's just not going to work out well for you and your company um, and the customer as well, because they're not going to care what the customer thinks. Um, and, you know... It's, it's really just going to end up being one of those things where the employee doesn't feel valued because they're getting told that they're, they need to fix this, they need to fix that, they need to fix this. When in reality, it all could have been prevented if you had hired them for a different position that would suit their strengths better. Um, it Things don't always work out in reality the way that, they, that we want them to. You know, obviously there's not going to be that perfect person for every position when you need it. I mean, there's always going to be a perfect per person for each position, but they're not always going to be there when you need them. So the issue is more, should you wait for the perfect person or should you hire someone that you need now? I don't know. That's, that's kind of more of a business decision that you'd have to make, but it's more, I mean, you, you would really have to ask yourself, how much training can I realistically give this person to bring them up to the level that I would expect them to be at and are they going to fit in the culture and is that something that I can train kind of mold them into or is it just a, a complete mismatch of ideals um, and it, 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 it's really a, a good well there's a good example too of, of the, the gas station that I worked at and I still work at um, just not as much um, where our boss had hired someone who doesn't really get a... Well, I mean, you know, he's a nice enough person, but they don't really fit into the culture of our store. He fits into the culture of the company uh, as a whole, but he doesn't fit into the culture of our location. You know, and that's the one thing that's important to remember, too, is that each location of your company is going to have a different culture. Just like each department's going to have a different culture within the company. You know, you kind of have to think about each department as a different location of your company. Um, you know, they're all under the same masthead, and they're all, they all work together, but they each have their own culture. So anyway, so this, this person that the boss, that our boss hired was not a good fit for our culture at our store. And, you know, it just, it's hard for us to to respect that new person because, you know, it's so clearly a, 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 a culture mismatch. And it just, it, it's harder for that person, you know, because they don't feel like they fit in. And it's harder for the people that have to train him because it's obvious that he doesn't really fit in. So it's hard for us to connect to him and and to really get him trained. And meanwhile, the boss is just really telling us, well, you know, 
you 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 just gotta train him. You just gotta train him. You know, and he will. It'll just come with time. It'll just come with time. There's only so much that can be trained into a person before it's obvious that it's it's clearly a mismatch of of culture and of ideals. Do I think that person would be better at a different location? Of course. Um, like I said, each department, each location of your business has a different culture. You know, uh, and as much as companies try to keep things consistent for the customer, um, it's not possible. And I think it's really important for companies to embrace um, locality when it comes to locations. If they have more than one location, it's important for them to embrace the fact that each location is going to be slightly different than another. And you you kind of see that with um, the way different stores are built. A good example of, of this concept being a, a local grocery store um, that we have that has quite a few locations um, in the state. And they each location is so integrated into the community that they serve. You know, it's it's amazing. I mean, they, they donate money to local charities and, you know, they, they put up flyers for local events and, and during the summers, you know, they'll put on uh, firework shows for each of the communities that they serve and they'll sponsor it and they'll, they'll you know, buy the fireworks, they'll sponsor it, they'll put it on. And so really they're what they're doing is that they're embracing each community as their own. They're not saying, well, this is going to be the standard operating procedure for each com each store that we have, and they're going to do this every month, and blah, blah, blah. They have that, of course. I mean, that's, that's how you run a business. But they also embrace the individuality of each location that they have. They understand that a location you know, in, in, in Marshfield is going to be completely different from the location in De Pere and, and, and so on and so forth. You know, they're going to understand that each store has different needs. Um, you know, in, in my area is where this grocery store was started. And so naturally we have quite a few locations, but I can tell you, you go into each, each different one and they all look different. They're nothing, nothing about them is exactly the same except for the product selection. Um, you know, and so it's interesting because I know sometimes I'll, I'll go into stores, you know, especially, especially Walmarts. Walmarts are horrible for this, where I'll go into a, a, a Walmart if I'm on the road or something, and, you know, it'll be in Timbuktu, and I have to remind myself that I'm not in my hometown because it looks so much the same, and... It's, it's hard for me because, you know, it's like if something's in a different spot when I go look for it because it feels so much the same. You know, let's say that I, I feel like I'm in my hometown Walmart, to use an example. I don't regularly shop at Walmart. It's just only if I really have to. Um, but when I was at college, you know, the, the Walmart in my college town versus the Walmart here in my hometown were almost identical almost identical in their in 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 the decor inside and the way they they looked obviously it's good for Walmart because they can you know just order 
mass quantities of the same paint or, or whatever. But then as I was shopping, you know, I'd go look for something that I know where it would be in my hometown Walmart, but it's not there in the Walmart <clears throat> in, my, uh, in the town I went to college to. And I would get frustrated with that because it looked so similar that in my brain I was thinking, okay, well, this is going to be down this aisle. I go to that aisle. It's, it's a completely different department. Whereas with this grocery store, this local grocery store, each location is just a little bit different. They look just a little bit different, so you know it's a different location, and things are may not be in the same spot, and you know the layout might be just slightly different. And so, you know, it it, it makes you think, okay, this is not what I'm looking for. It may not necessarily be in the same aisle as it would be at home. So it's it's really important for a, co a company to really differentiate each location, embrace each location as different, and try not to make it so standardized. Because it's not possible, unless you're building right next to each other, it's not possible to make everything so standardized that, you know, everything's going to be the same, and all the customers are going to be the same, and all this stuff. That's not who we are. I mean, you don't, you know, you can't expect people living in Minnesota to shop, have the same shopping habits as people that live in California or people that live in New York. I mean, they're all going to have different shopping habits and they're going to want different things. So it's really important for companies to embrace differentiality, which is the fourth point. So just to wrap it up, we have four main points. First one being that, you know, each department has to talk to each other and really each location should talk to each other and, and know what each other location is doing and really share good ideas. I mean, that's that's one of the great things that I, I love about this gas station I work for is that they're great about making sure that each other location comes up with, you know, if, if let's say the location down the street, you know, has a good idea for for how they're selling, you know, their pizzas or, or what have you, that they can share that then with the other locations and say, hey, this is what we did, this is what works for us. Um, so really it's important for each department and each location to really feel connected and to talk to each other and not just be the standalone thing, because really they're all under the same masthead. They're all working for the same goal. So then the second thing is a customer-centric focus. Your customers are not dumb. Your customers are not sheep. They know when they're not being treated equally, and they know when they're being treated like a bunch of dumb people. They're not cavemen. They know the difference. They're smart. Don't think that they're not going to go and tell their friends <clears throat> about the bad experience that they had at your store, because they will. Especially now with the internet, it's become even easier for for people to do that. Keep a lookout on sites like cons uh, consumers.com, where people will post their horror stories or their good stories uh, of, of, of things that they had with your company, of interactions that they had with your company. So the third thing to review again is to um, make sure that your employees feel like a valued member of the team. 
you know, each location has a different culture, and it's important to keep that in mind when you're hiring. Each department has a different culture. And so that really affects how an employee is going to feel about your company and how they feel about their, their job. And so it's important to make sure that they feel like they're an important part of the team and that they're valued. Because, like I said, if they don't feel that they're valued or that they're part of the team, everything's going to suffer. Your quality is going to suffer. It's, it's not going to work out well. The fourth and final part is to, along with that, is to remember that each location is separate. Again, they're all under the same masthead. You know, they're they're all they're all branded with your company, but they all are individual. You know, one location is not going to have the same customer base as another location. You know. One store might sell a lot of banana bread, and then the other store may sell none. They may sell more breakfast sandwiches than they do banana bread. Each location is individual, and it's important for you to recognize that and to try not to make things so try not to make things so standardized when it comes to each location. You should try to add a little bit of of locality to each location. Whether it's bringing in, you know, little memorabilia from the local sports team or, or acknowledging, you know, the neighborhood history or, or something. You know, make sure that you individualize each location because if you don't, customers are, are going to get a little confused. Um, you know, and I, like I, I talked about that story about Walmart where, you know, I walked into a Walmart in my college town thinking as soon as I walked in that, oh, I'm back in my hometown Walmart, not the college town Walmart, and so where's this product? It should be here. Versus the grocery store that we have in my hometown, which does a great job of individualizing each location so that it's not all the same. They sell the same products, they use the same shelving and everything, you know, everything else is the same, but they do a good job of individualizing the experience and making sure that everything's just a little bit different so that you, that way you can tell the difference. Obviously, this isn't like a whole uh, guide to to creating a, a culture and you know obviously I'm not an expert on this topic. It's little things that I've noticed as a customer going into different businesses and things that I've, I've picked up on over time that I think companies could really improve upon. I mean, there's lots of things that always can be improved upon. And, you know, a lot of this is marketing and customer experience and things like that. But really, isn't that everyone's job? I mean, customer experience should be everyone's focus. You know, if you're not doing things for the customer, who are you doing it for then? Because your company is not going to survive without customers. Just a little rant that I've had kind of rolling around in my head here uh, that I decided to finally just kind of put out in, in, a, in a medium and uh, just to get my thoughts out. And uh, so I hope you enjoyed listening to it. I know it's a little bit different from the usual fare that I put out on this uh, podcast, but uh, I, still I hope you enjoyed it. Until next time, I will uh, see you on the interwebs at chrislundy.com. Again, any comments, questions can... I'll be directed uh, there, or you can always leave 
uh, comments or questions on the iTunes page, uh, and I will respond to them as best as I can. Or if you have recommendations for other books or, or things I should read, uh, leave them there too, and I will be sure to follow up on them. So until next time, this has been Chris Lundy with a yet another Criss Crossing the Universe. Thank you for listening.